it is our pleasure to welcome to the show to talk Phoenix Suns at NBA, senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, Howard Beck, our guest on the 72-sold sports line. Good morning, Howard. How are you? Good morning, fellas. Good. How are you? Good. Uh, we've been monitoring things and, and and you know keeping tabs on the national perspective of the Phoenix Suns for a while, Howard. And it seems like the, in the last week, um, there's been this shift of, well, look at the analytics. The Suns are clearly the best team in the league. Some people are suggesting they're going to breeze through the playoffs. I'm not buying it. And I think last night's game at San Francisco was kind of a, a sign of how tough things can get in the postseason. But overall, what, what is your take on the Suns and their, you know, their role as maybe the favorites to win this whole thing right now? Well, I mean, you know, labeling favorites is always tricky in this league. And I think, trickier this season than than some others i mean look on paper on on just the 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 statistical outline alone standings alone the most basic and most uh, meaningful of of all stats is just the wins and losses right in the regular season and they're so far ahead of the field in terms of winning percentage the only 60 win team in the league this season and still with enough games to go to obviously push that a little higher. And if you get into the mid-60s, mid to high-60s in win totals, like the uh, track record and historically of teams going to the finals and winning it all in that range is pretty high. Yeah, it is. And so, and, and so based on that alone, and you could throw everything else in their net rating and differentials, all these other things. Um, I think where – and I had this discussion with Stan Van Gundy for my podcast, which is uh, running tomorrow, the crossover podcast from Sports Illustrated. Folks want to check it out. But I had this conversation with Stan because I said, look, the disconnect, I think, is this. Um, in the NBA, we are used to seeing championship favorites who fit a certain profile. Now, that profile has been less relevant the last couple of years, which I'll, I'll get into. But, like, generally speaking, it's especially in this era, it's been super teams, right? Mm-hmm. And that's usually meant, like – Three, three all-stars, at least one of whom is an MVP candidate um, and, a, and a top one and a perennial one, right? It's LeBron and Wade and Bosh and it's, it's Curry and, and Clay and Durant and Draymond. And we're not used to seeing this version. Now, the Bucks were kind of this version too, right? Now, Giannis is at another level above everybody and, and was a two-time MVP even before he became finals MVP. But Giannis has an MVP plus two, you know, all-star caliber players who sometimes are and sometimes aren't in Middleton and, and Drew Holiday, plus a really great supporting cast that was well calibrated, and you win the title. The Suns are kind of like that, right? Chris Paul, a Hall of Famer, but you know, up there in years. Devin Booker, young guy who's just you know starting to get the recognition for all of his his talent and contributions. Aiton's really good. Bridges is really good. Great supporting cast. But it doesn't look like a super team. And it doesn't look like the Shaq and Kobe Lakers or the Michael and Scotty Suns or the Showtime. Like, it, it, they don't fit the profile. And I think if there's a disconnect or a we're not sold until we see it, it's because they don't on paper look like overpowering typical NBA uh, contender who is just packed with stars. Yeah. Stars win in this league. And they don't, and they're not stacked with them. Doesn't mean they can't win, and it and it doesn't mean it's not an insult, and it's not skepticism. It's just they don't look the part. Other than when you look down and go, oh, there are a bazillion games ahead of everybody else, and that that yeah. that's meaningful. Yeah, and and as you pointed out, Howard, as history shows you, those the the numbers, the the realm they're getting into, numbers wise, victory wise, separation wise, those teams can. 
knock down playoff teams like bowling pins, and, and we've seen history prove that. Uh, what does Draymond Green's mouth and his heat and his intensity do in terms of promoting or, or putting an obstacle in front of the Suns? Because as my partner, I think, was getting at, last night's game kind of showed that the Suns aren't always uh, maybe a little too on edge when they play the Warriors because there's a lot of noise and there's a lot of pedigree on the other side. And that pedigree means something, right? Like mm-hmm. teams win, you know, team wins three championships and goes to a bazillion finals in a row. That pedigree means something. And um, there's a there's a know-how there and a confidence and a swagger that comes with that. Um, you know, the Warriors are in a weird state right now until Steph comes back. And, you know, I, I would be in the category of person who, who says, look, if, if Steph is back and is at 100% or close to it, and Draymond, you know, gets out of this funk that he's been in the last couple of weeks because, you know, it's taken him a while to get his legs back under him after all that time off. Like, the Warriors are going to be a, a ton to deal with. And, I mean, they haven't had the kind of regular season that earns them favorite status, but they have the pedigree that could earn them favorite status. And if they're at full strength, people might be really split on a Warriors-Suns series. Um, I, I think that, you know... The, the Suns have proven enough, though. They went to the finals. They went six games against a really uh, incredibly talented and well-oiled team. And the know-how part of this, I believe, is learned in deep postseason runs, either repeated playoff appearances or, in the Suns' case, one really impressive, long, deep run to the finals. And Chris Paul has all the know-how in the world, Um and the younger guys got their taste of it. So it, I don't think they're going to be daunted by anything in a second run through, right? Mm-hmm. Like they've been in the finals now. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a normal finals in, in some respects. We were still at the tail end of a, of a weird COVID uh, curbed season. But um, packed arenas and, you know, it, this wasn't the bubble. So I, I, I think it's legit and I think it helps them. Howard Beck from Sports Illustrated, our guest here on the 72 Sold Sports Line. Uh, staying on the topic of, of pedigree, and I think it's fascinating in this case too, Howard, is that the Memphis Grizzlies are a winning machine right now, the second-best team record-wise in the league, but a team with almost zero pedigree. They played five real playoff games last year. They lost four of them. That considered, uh, how do you stack up their chances to really make some noise in the Western Conference? The Grizzlies? Yes. Um. Like they're they're incredibly impressive, and no one saw this coming at all. And you know, even you know, even with John Morant out there, they just are rolling over people. I I think the thing with the Grizzlies is okay. There's one. There's lack of pedigree, right? Like they've had they've got a taste of the playoffs, but they have not won a playoff series. This is their first time at this level. The Suns are the the outlier from last year, right? Like teams don't usually go from. You know, eight, you know, eight years, ten years in the lottery, and then all of a sudden become a finals team overnight, unless you've just added LeBron James. Um, the Grizzlies are making that kind of leap, but they're even younger. They don't have a Chris Paul, and they're really great in the open court. They're really great with just beating teams on energy and hustle alone. Sometimes they don't have a ton of shooting, and you know, that, and that's not Jaw's strength. And I think in the playoffs, teams are going to slow them down and, and, and grind things to a halt and make them work a lot more for their points. And it's going to be a lot more difficult for them. So I respect the heck out of what the Grizzlies have done. Uh, Taylor Jenkins might just be coach of the year. Uh, and, you know, John Morant's all NBA. And, you know, 
on and on. Uh, I, I don't know that I trust a team that is making its first real foray into this tier of, of the, 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 the standings to, to make a deep run. Um, they may surprise us. And the fact is, aside from the Suns, you can't really rely on anybody else in the West, right? The Warriors have all kinds of asterisks next to them right now because of their season. The, the Mavericks and uh, you know, the, the, the Timberwolves, the Clippers, the Nuggets, like it's just a the yeah. jazz. It's just a weird field. It really, really is. All right. In the East, the 76ers um, perch atop the Eastern Conference was not exactly long lived. How do you handicap who is going to come out of that conference? Yeah. And that's the thing, right? We could look at the, the West and say, well, okay, the Suns are probably the, the, the favorite. They, you know, there's some things that could happen. But, they're, but they, they certainly look like the favorite. In the East, like you can't identify one team and say that they're the favorite. The, the Bucks are defending champs and are now whole with Brooke Lopez back. The Celtics were just crushing people for three months, and just as we installed them as, hey, maybe they're the favorite, then they lose Robert Williams for we'll see how long. Uh, the Heat, you know, the Heat don't have a Giannis or a Kevin Durant or, or any of those guys. Like they're, they're just really well orchestrated except for when they're – wanting to kill each other a week ago. Yeah. Um, and, and so, again, like, we just – there's a lot of caveats to all these teams. The Sixers, like, the Sixers have been really great at times. And then, you know, at times James Harden doesn't quite look like he's got the same pop anymore. And the Nets are trying to do this from the play-in. And we don't know when or if Ben Simmons is actually going to join them. So, um, I default to the Bucks. I default to the, the team that, that won a championship in the last 12 months. And that is whole again. And if the record doesn't necessarily scream dominant, well, that's not unusual for a defending champ. They often, uh, you know, lose a few more games in the next season because they know they're playing for June. Howard, thanks so much for uh, joining the show today. We appreciate the uh, information and the insight.